Hey all, we are thrilled to be back from our month's hiatus as we took a much needed break. With everything going on in the world, we need time to take a step back. Thank you all for your patience and your support. Rest assured, we are safe and well, and we hope that you are too. Now, please remember to do your part to help prevent the spread of COVID-19. Wash your hands, avoid touching your face, including mouth, nose, and eyes. Cover your coughs and sneezes. If you don't feel well, monitor your symptoms and consult with your doctor. Social distancing is key, so please stay home. Looking for a social outlet? You can also send letters to Leuven at dm at dndraw.com right now. Also, there's a link in the description to our Discord server, where we love to hang out and chat with listeners. We are glad that we can stay connected in these times. We also hope our characters' adventures provide a fun gateway and are glad you are joining us on the journey. And we especially want to thank our Adventure tier and above patrons for their support this month. So thank you, a Linux fan, Feral Joe, Grimfuse, Naked and Afraid, Mosiru, Shosuro Ajo, Mike C, Jeremy Kleinhans, Ryan Rea Vermet, and William McCracken. If you enjoy the adventures of our characters in Ostia and our show about the rules for 5th edition, you too can support us on Patreon. For just $1 a month, you can get exclusive content and updates. Higher tiers get DMs notes, bloopers from our episodes, and to add an item or NPC to a D&D our episode. We are especially grateful to our producer tier patrons who listen to our audio before anyone else to give feedback and shape the final episode. We want to give a special thanks to Christopher Reinert for serving as a producer on this episode. Support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash dndraw. Next week, we'll be Serviceable Plots, episode 48. Join us now for Serviceable Plots, episode 47. Not the books. And with me today are the following players. Hi, I'm Bethany, and I'll be playing Belinda Walsingham, the half-elf awakened mystic. Hi, this is Adam, and I will be playing Akiva Kanchu, the Shadar Kai Hexblade Warlock. Hi, I'm Jane, and I'm playing Nissa Turin, the gnome arcane trickster rogue. Hi, I'm Mike, and I'm playing Scribner Shannon Whitecliffe, the human rogue fighter. Hi, I'm Giuseppe, and I'll be playing Valen Blackwater, an Azimar monk paladin. Last time, the party gathered their resources and steeled themselves for the journey they would be taking into the abyss. As they greeted their companions on the journey, the team that would be focusing on defeating Tenebris, the party was given magical items that would aid them in their quest and help them to survive. Upon arriving, they found a staff federation member, Demean, who helped to guide everyone to a safe space within the Dark Palace before the party prepared to head deeper in and find the library of Tenebris. As you guys exit out of the testing room, you go down a small hallway that you notice one extends off to the right-hand side, the other to the left. The left quickly opens up, and that's the direction Demean is heading towards. The interior of the palace, by the way, has no lights. So you are all relying on dark vision, and Scriv, you are relying on your goggles of night. Yep. As you all move towards the left of the hallway, you notice 
staircases that seem to stretch upwards in what appears to be an endless maze of these various stairs just jutting out at odd angles, some even upside down, some that twist as they cross what appears to be a very, very, very distant ceiling. Damien kind of like looks around and is listening cautiously as you initially enter into the room and just, like, all right, um, I could use some help with figuring out the magic of this place. So anyone want to be up front with me? What specifically would you be doing to figure it out? Just looking? Essentially seeing if there is a change in the pattern and the way the stairs move. It seems like they go up to three separate levels. I haven't been to all three, but it's an it's illusory base, so it messes with the mind. And trying to be able to search for either footprints on the ground of people that are normally traverse it, or seeing a change in the shift in, in the way the stairs are shifting and just paying attention to things that aren't supposed to be there. Would would I be able to use my knowledge of illusions to see if I can find any cracks in the illusions that like tiny little things that unless you are familiar with them, you really wouldn't see? You can attempt it. And uh, I would allow you to provide advantage to one person. Okay. I would definitely like to help Belinda with the investigation, pull out some chalk from my pack and proposing marking out passages as we walk along. So we're getting investigation checks from Belinda, uh, which I believe is with advantage because Scriv is aiding you. Mm-hmm. Nissa, you have advantage on investigation because Akiva's aiding you and Valen, you're doing survival? Yes. All right. So go ahead and roll those for me. We'll do investigation checks first in general. 21. 25. And then for survival check. 7. And Amin rolled his own check as well. Belinda, Nissa, you are able to keep your heads and you're noticing at one or two points what seems like a small shift in the stairs that definitely was not there before. And you're able to take a different path at a couple of points as you're clam- climbing up. You notice there's several like staircases that jut out at different points, some that are noticing a little bit more physical than others that were- weren't there a second before. Valen. As you are following with Demean, you have a couple of points where suddenly you look up and you see the floor, like you're upside down. And another point, you're sideways. And another point, you're kind of jutting at a diagonal angle. It's going to grip my bag a little tighter. You you even feel your hair kind of like fall upwards, which in this case is down, as gravity seems to be pulling you in that particular direction. It, It is throwing you a bit. And suddenly, you're split into two groups. Damien and Valen are three levels below you on the stairs, with Belinda, Nissa, Akiva, and Scriv uh, three levels higher up when you guys are by a door. You know, it's a landing there. Scriv, could you give them directions on how we got here? I can, but I mean, I turn to Akiva. Is that going to work? I don't know if it's going to just change direction. It looks like a changing illusion, so... It's possible if it follows the same pattern, we can try and guide them through it. Okay. If you want to open a connection, I'll read off the instructions that I was keeping track. Okay. I'll open the telepathic channels. So between one step and the next, we were just separated. At some point, you turned on a stairway and suddenly you're upside. You're like, you are standing on a 45 degree angled staircase looking like up towards them. You guys look down and to you guys, it looks like they're standing on a normal staircase. The only idea I have is just reading off the instructions. Can I break out my rope and tie me and Demean together? You can do that. 
So you and Demi will be together. And, and he just goes like, sorry, this thing is just, it messes with your head after a while. Yeah, I'm right there with you. And I've only been in here five minutes. All right. Go ahead and roll another survival. I'm having Demean roll as well. That's a 12. Fortunately, Demean crit. At one point, as you are traversing, you feel a tug kind of that seems to be at a diagonal to you, Valen. Kind of decide to go with it. And just Demean is pretty forceful. And just like, no, this way. And you find yourselves all of a sudden just on the same landing space as the rest of the party. Uh, beside a solid dark wooden door. Love my rope. You do hear footsteps seeming to move on the stair staircase above you somewhere. This door looks pretty promising, I have to say. Should we go through it? I'm not a door expert by any means. I usually just open them. I would like to check to make sure that it's unlocked. Check the traps. Roll investigation for me. 21. 17. So you guys searching the door, looking at it's not locked. Uh, you notice no sigils anywhere, no markings for any kind of magic on the doorway or around the frame or anything like that. You notice no traps on this door at all. All right. Does it seem to be a real door? Seems to be a real door. There was a brief moment, however, that when Valen, you approached, it looked like they were on a landing against a wall. Oh, I don't like this place. But as soon as Scriv went and reached like through this, you suddenly see that there was a door there, but your mind was pretty sure that was just a wall. This place is trippy. Before I start questioning anything else, Nissa, do you want to sneak in when I open the door, make sure things are clear? Uh, sure, you want me to slip in, take a take a peek? Yep, grab anything if it looks shiny. Oh yeah. Okay, so you open the door. Nissa, roll a stealth check for me. 24. So, you walk in. Immediately, you notice, uh, first... A small room with five archways against one wall. Each contains this shimmering pool of light of five different colors. However, standing between you and the archways are two robed figures, undead deathlocks. Cool. They seem to be uh, watching and kind of guarding these five shimmering uh, archways. One's red, one's green, one's blue, one's yellow, and one is black. A shimmering pool of black light. You've seen this before a couple of times that Akiva's used power. Ah. It's kind of this dark energy that seems to be emanating from it. Even as you slip in and look around, it's a small room. It's like 30 feet or so. So you are only about 15, 20 feet from them just inside the doorway. Sorry, I would say I'll have opened the telepathic channels, by the way, knowing you were going to sneak in in case you need to say something silently. <laughs> okay. Okay, two deathlocks, five shimmering archways, small room. Well, two of those things sound like problems we can solve immediately. Recommendations from those who are experts in fighting undead? My proposal would be to kill them very quickly. Very quickly. Especially if it appears they're deathlocks. Nissa, while this while they're talking really quickly, one of the deathlocks kinda like arcs his head to the side, turns to the other and just goes, Apparently. A alarm was triggered in the testing room. We are to wait until we hear back. A spell was cast without our knowledge. Others are going down to investigate. The other one just kind of nods and just, they seem settled. I'm going to very quickly repeat that telepathically. Should we send Demean back to warn them? I think that would be good. 
he could intercept any others on the way too. Then yeah, send it, send Demean back. We're gonna go into combat. Demean, uh, apparently those Deathlocks mentioned that the testing chamber has been caught. <laughs> they know someone has cast a spell there. And he kind of like listens a little closer and looks up. It's like probably the footsteps above us. Uh, okay, I'll get down to them and let them know that they have incoming. And I will see if I if it's only a couple, I'll see if I can take them out quickly. I would warn them to be careful because uh, Nissa did mention they specifically said an alarm spell. So they might have a way of detecting magic. That's not surprising considering the magical defenses of a lot of places on the material plane. All right, I will warn them. And then if I can intercept whatever's coming down, I'll do so. Otherwise, I guess we'll deal with them in the entertainment room. Yep. Good luck. Good luck, Good luck to all of you. I'd probably point at uh, Valen and Akiva left, and then Nissa and I can take right. Then as he's walking away, I contact the, with everyone and count down from three. Go ahead and roll initiative. As a surprise round, Belinda, you react the fastest. You would have to step in to be able to see them. I can step into the room, do a thing, and step out of the room, correct? Yes. Excellent. Okay. That is much better for me. So I will sidle in the door. <laughs> I am going to target the one on the right and do a mind thrust. All right. So that's an intelligence saving throw? Yes. So that's a fail. Uh, 17 points of psychic damage. So Belinda, you step into the room and notice the deathlock on the right that you targeted as you focus just... Its head recoils in pain. It kind of like stumbles and seems to catch itself a bit. I, I find this to be a satisfactory outcome, and I will step out of the way for the professionals. That brings us to you, Nissa. From where I am, I'd like to bonus action use my crossbow against... I'll go for the one on the right. What was the attack? Uh, 19. 19 hits. Four piercing damage. You do notice when it hits, doesn't seem to hurt as much as you expected. I will make a note of that. I will pull out my dagger, move up, and stab it. All right. Ten. As you kind of come up, it was now a little bit more aware that something is going on, and you go to stab at it, and it had taken a step back at just that moment, and you swipe at the air. So, Akiva. So, I will run into the room, and I'm going to go ahead and just launch an Eldritch Blast to the guy on the left. You have two Eldritch Blasts, both of them at him? Yes. Okay. Make your two attack rolls. 21. 20. Both hit. So what's the damage of the two attacks? First one is a 13 damage, and the second one is a 15 damage. So, Akiva, as you get into the room, go for the one on the left. You fire two Eldritch Blasts. One just cracks into the shoulder, spins him around, and the second one hits him in the chest, and he stumbles back a couple feet. He's still up. Valen, you're up. I'm going to stroll into the room, and uh, it's the left one. We'll load up with my fanciful gauntlets, because they have slightly better damage than my kicks. What's the first attack? 21. 21 hits. What's the damage? Nine points of bludgeoning. He's looking really rough, but he's not down. Okay, then I will just follow up bonus action, get him with a knee. That is a 20 to hit with seven damage. 20 does hit. As you run into the room, you throw the first punch and crack it across his jaw. As he starts to collapse towards the ground, your knee comes up and his head goes farther than uh, any normal head should and clatters into the ceiling and crash to the ground as his body slowly drops with it. He is down. I guess I will rotate 90 degrees to face his body. Scriv. I will 
slip in the door behind Valen and engage with the Deathlock on the right. I will flank and take advantage of him being off balance. That is an 18. 18 hits. So what is the total damage? 16. So as you stab through, you kind of carve across, and you see he seems to almost fall in two, but he is barely holding on. Belinda. It worked so well once, I would like to repeat my previous assault. <laughs> so mind thrust. Yes. It's an int save. It's a fail. Excellent. 14 points of psychic damage. As Scriv shifts to move out of the way, you just kind of hear a crack. The skull seems to actually crack all along the back of it, and it just collapses to the ground. So, two deathlocks down, but the room is yours. You do hear from outside footsteps that sound like they're getting closer, that are going downwards. Could I please pick their pockets? Roll investigation for me. I would like to make sure the door is shut until the uh, steps pass. All right. 23, then. They are wearing just tattered robes for the most part, but you find tucked away, and it's kind of beneath their... Ribs, two pouches, one on each of them, containing a total of a hundred gold pieces. Jing, <laughs> yes. I vote now that you know the door is securely closed. I think we should check out these pools and see what we can do here. I will keep an eye on the door since I know nothing of magic. I'll go check out the black pool. Anyone who wants to make an arcana check can. I got a sixteen. Seventeen. Six. Eighteen. Between Akiva, Belinda, and Valen. The archways seem to be portals, from what your understanding is, they're one way. But they send you to somewhere within the palace. Oh, so they're like unidirectional elevators, just creepier. They seem to be a little bit of an arcane gate, but a more affixed one, and one way rather than two. Are there any any other colors in the room anywhere? You can make an investigation check. And Scribb's still watching the door? Yes. By about this point, as they're kind of searching the room, you hear the footsteps heavily on the other side, but they don't seem to be slowing. They seem to be continuing their pace. Uh, from even your passive investigation and perception, you get the sense there's about five figures that are moving downstairs. Five figures, three wearing metal boots. Investigation checks. 25. So you're studying the room, you're studying everything around the room, and you notice very, very faintly carved in front on the floor of each of the portals is a small symbol. In front of the red portal, you see what looks like a door. In front of the green portal, you see what looks like a blade. In front of the blue portal, a book. In front of the yellow portal, crossed swords. And in front of the black portal, a chair or maybe a throne? That's how you get to the big man, I bet. Not that one. <laughs> Not that one. <laughs> no, please. Yeah. Surprisingly, the black does seem to be the worst one. Almost like black necrotic energy was a giveaway. Just to mention, I know we're not planning to go fight Tenebris, and I don't know what's happening with the other party, but I was hoping there'd be an easier way to get to this, but Akiva and I need to get Tenebris's sword. Wait, what? What? You're just going to uh, announce that while we're already here? We're already here. We couldn't have mentioned this before we were on the mission. How come you need to get his sword? That's also a good question. Might have made a deal to get some answers for Akiva about Umbra. Ooh. You know how I feel about Umbra, but I trust your judgment. At the very least, it'll help us further deal with Umbra. Akiva, you need this? 
Yeah. Okay. So I think that means we might have to get back here and go through the terrible looking black pit. My thought was maybe sword meant like armory. So maybe that's where he keeps it. He might not always have it on him. He keeps it on him. The cross swords I'm imagining could possibly be the entertainment room. Can we go there after we do our main job? I think we need to go to the library first. Yeah. Let's get our job done. Just mentioning it now. We don't all have to go if it comes down to it, but. We, we go after Tenebris is dead, right? That's the plan. But I'm a little worried about how that might be going based on, you know, the main team getting caught. Yeah. But for now, we go to the library. I think this blue portal with the book in front of it looks entirely promising. Any opposed? None. I'll go in last. Yeah, I don't think this is here for us. I think this is here for them. So it could be a trap. Seems unlikely. All in favor of me going in first in case there is a trap? I'm not opposed. Go. See you on the other side. So, Valen, you step through? Yep, I will walk through. I will first mention, Valen, it is bitingly cold when you step through the portal. Like, there is a brief moment you feel you might freeze over, and then you're on the other side. Uh, I'm assuming everyone's just following through after. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So as you step through, you find yourselves amongst shelves and shelves of books that line the floor and the walls in this room, some of them jutting out at chaotic angles. Some of them seem to come out from the walls, from the ceiling, from the floor, and even at diagonals. As you initially step through, you look back and see a dark wood doorway reinforced with metal bars, and you hear several figures moving amongst the various bookshelves, but currently do not see anyone. Do we have a sense for how big this room is? I know we can only see a limited amount of shelving. Make a perception check. 14. 13. The room is maybe looking kind of up at the ceiling and trying to judge that way. Since that uh, part of your field of view is not blocked, you're thinking this might be about maybe 100 feet to the other side. Are all the bookshelves like floor to ceiling? No. Okay. So the ceiling itself is about 120 feet above you. The bookshelves go about 60 feet up. Oh, geez. Yeah, we definitely don't have enough room. Okay. Are there any uh, beast castle style ladders that roll around the bookcases? A brief glimpse. You see a couple. Some of them don't look super sturdy, though. Better than nothing for me. Don't really have any climbing abilities, so. Some of them are missing uh, rungs in the ladder. Can I? Send up Lazarus just straight up, just to try to get a glimpse of the whole room. Roll a stealth check for Lazarus. Eleven. I think we should also all hide while that is happening in case he gets caught. Stealth checks for everybody. Twenty-three. Twenty. Fifteen. Also (sighs) fifteen. Fifteen. With my experience, if it looks like he's gonna get hit, I'm bamfing him out. Okay. You send Lazarus up, you all kind of duck and find various desks and behind bookshelves and just find ways to keep yourselves quiet and out of the way while Lazarus goes above the 60-foot-tall bookshelves. Make a perception check for Lazarus, um, and I'm assuming you're shifting into his field of view. Uh, yes. So you see Akiva kind of visually go slack. His eyes are just staring into the distance. 21. Lazarus goes above and you shift kind of right as he reaches the top of a bookshelf. You look out and you see scattered about a dozen different figures, a couple of them grouped together, noticing off to the left about maybe 50 or 60 feet 
into the room on the left-hand side, you see a large doorway, again, dark wood, iron bands across it. And towards the back of the room, another large doorway, a little bit nicer looking. And beside that, there's there's a space in front of that doorway. But to the right of it, Lazarus notices a massive book. Hard to tell how massive it is, but it covers about half the doorway. However, as Lazarus scanned the room, he notices two robed figures, closer ones, uh, that are right next to each other. One looks up, is clearly a deathlock. The other one seemed to uh, tap the deathlock and point at Lazarus. The robed figure reaches up quick and sends a blast of eldritch energy as Lazarus flaps his wings and it passes beneath him. I'm bamping him out. Lazarus disappears. So the entire time I'm seeing through Lazarus' eyes, I would have tried to been whispering the information I'm seeing. And then I will relay the information so they are aware that there's some uh, that Lazarus was in the room. We might have to go loud. A moment later, you see, since this was the closest one to you guys, these two robed figures, one being the Deathlock, the other one is one you guys haven't seen before. But you notice a massive open mouth, two hollow sunken eyes, clearly undead, but long thin arms with sharp pointed claws. You see kind of like rags covering its form and it's just meandering right behind the Deathlock, kind of a little bit like maybe it's a bodyguard for it or a protective measure have i seen one of these before you guys can roll arcana checks 20 9 18 27 17 these are creatures called bodaks uh they are manipulated entities by tenebris uh usually that just suck the life and soul out of people their literal only purpose is to kill living entities. Belinda and Akiva, these are former like worshippers of Tenebris who did not have arcane capabilities, but were super devout. You are aware that if it knows you are there and you are looking at it, it could start to drain the life out of you simply by staring at it within close range. It is possible to literally knock a person unconscious simply by staring at it. If it is aware of your presence, you do know, even if that doesn't work, it can still hit and start to drain the life force out of people with necrotic energies from its claws. Do we have any idea how hardy it is? It can take more of a hit than a deathlock. Okay, that's what I was afraid of. However, it also has resistances to cold, fire, and necrotic, in addition to non-magical weaponry. As a note, Belinda, since you rolled a 27, it cannot be charmed, frightened, poisoned, and it's immune to lightning and poison. I will telepathically, of course, share everything with the group. We'll have a little conversation discussing all of this. So what is still left on the table besides me just willing it to be hurt? I've got a sword. I think I would like to take my potion of necrotic resistance. It's good for an hour. I think we're going to be here an hour. It seems like the time. So I'm going to go ahead and take my potion of necrotic resistance. So you chug the potion. As the Deathlock and Bodok are approaching this, you see them just looking around, by the way. They just seem to be looking. They don't seem to have spotted you yet. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and activate my danger sense. Well, tell me when you're ready. I'll stand up and draw fire and you can 
do what you need to do. Nissa can sneak around and get into position maybe. Everyone else has ranged attacks. We're better off leaving the Deathlock and go all focusing on the Bodak from what we can tell. I'll go beat up the Deathlock, yeah. Honestly, I think, I'm, I think it's time. I'm going to take the Potion of Heroism. Okay. I think I had a Potion of ne- the Necrotic Resistance. I'm going to take that as well. Are we choosing to surprise them? We are jumping at them. Go ahead and roll initiative. It is a surprise round because they did not see you. So, as you guys have taken your potions and see these two figures coming up, Akiva, you're up first. So we're going to start it off big. I will use my bonus action first. I'm going to go ahead and cast, throw my Hexblade's Curse on the Bodak. And then I'm going to use my action to cast Elder's Blast on it. What were the attack rolls? 26. And the second one? 20. Both hit. Go ahead and roll your damage. First hit is an 11 damage. And second hit? That's going to be a 10. So Akiva, you step out from the shadows and focus your Hexblade's curse as as dark energy surrounds the Bodok, who at first just seems slightly confused by it. And then you get smacked with two blasts of Eldritch energy. The first one like knocks its shoulder to the side. The second one hits it in the chest and it takes a couple steps back as you have definitely drawn its attention. I am going to just take one step to the right. Just kind of separate myself from the rest of the people just so, you know, Belinda doesn't get targeted in the fray. <laughs> Much appreciated. Nissa. I will bonus action via my crossbow at the Bodak first. Okay. 21. 21 hits. 14. You fire the crossbow. It hits it in the shoulder. So you kind of stumble a little bit. I wouldn't really like to, but I'm going to move up to it. <laughs> and um, short sword attack. Okay. Make your attack roll. And 18. 18 hits. What's the damage? Six. You notice as you come up, the crossbow went in, but it seems to have like not done as much damage as you were hoping. But as you stab him with your blade and draw it across, that definitely went all the way through. Good. Valen. All right. I will start in on the Deathlock here. I'm going to try to get around to the back of the Deathlock. And I will just going to go all in on trying to beat it senseless before it kills us all. Go for it. That is a 20 to hit. 20 hits. What's the damage? Eight. And then I will roll again. What's the attack? 18 to hit. Six damage. Valen runs around, gets between the Bodok and the Deathlock, and then throws a punch to the back of the Deathlock spine. As it starts to turn to face you, you kick out and smack him in the chest. Hurt, just not as much as you would hope. Actually, I'm sorry, I just remembered something. Nissa is in melee, and Valen's in melee. Nissa, you take five points of necrotic damage, but you took the necrotic resistance. Yep. So you take two points. Good potion. Valen, take two points of necrotic damage because you also have resistance. Um, Belinda. Uh, I'm going to do my Hammer of Inquisition for three points. On the Bodok? Yes, please. It's a DC 16 save. Fails. 26 points of damage, psychic damage, to the Bodok. Nice. So you see it just smack, and it takes a couple steps back, and it kind of collapses to one knee, but it grips the ground and starts to hoist itself back up. It is twitching very unnaturally, but it is still up. I will avert my gaze and say, Scriva, you got this. Scriv. Sword in hand, I close the distance and hope to end this part of the conflict. Okay. Nine. You go to attack, and it just takes a quick step back in its very jerky motions, and you 
miss it. Bonus action, disengage, and then move away from it. Okay. You're moving back like five feet, 10 feet? Five feet. Scrave, you run forward, go to swing, but in its unnatural jerking motions, it moves out of the way of your blade, and then you take a quick step back before it can retaliate against you. Akiva, I need you to make a constitution saving throw. Total of nine. You do not immediately drop to zero hit points, which is what would have happened if you rolled an eight. Oh my. I think we'll call that a win. However, you take 11 points of psychic damage. Ow. It's time to end this thing. I'm going to go ahead and Eldritch Blast it again. Make your two attack rolls. 20. What was the second one? 19. Both hit. So what was the damage of both of them together? 30 points of force damage. So Nissa and Valen, right between you, there are two blasts of Eldritch energy that come from Akiva. And then there's only a pair of legs left. I am going to go ahead and hex the Deathlock. So you cast Hex on the Deathlock, and you see the dark necrotic energy form around it. It's the Deathlock's turn, though. He is going to take a deep breath and yell out, Intruders! That's what I was hoping against. As he focuses on a small mote of flame in his hands Mm -mm. and drops it at his feet. Not the books! (laughs) When the blast goes off, you see they don't hit the books. Somehow. Oh, glad the books have some protections. So I need everyone to make a dexterity saving throw. Except for Belinda, who is just out of the range of the blast. I got a 19. 23. 25. 22. You all make the save. You take 15 points of fire damage, which is already halved. However, as this blast echoes out, the Deathlock failed his own save. Ha! <gasps> Idiot. What? The Deathlock's gone. The blast echoes out. Fire scorches all of you. But you hear a lot of commotion of things coming towards you. And now, a brief message from Leuven. Hi, I'm Leuven Cromdell. It goes without saying that I love partying and meeting new people. And, like most adventurers, I also have the good fortune of perfect health. But for the sake of those of us who are more vulnerable to COVID-19, I'm committing to social distancing as much as possible until this crisis has passed. I hope you'll join me and become my pen pal in the meantime. Just, you know, please don't lick the envelope. Thanks. Hey, this is Nick, the player for Leuven Cromdell. During these troubled times, we here at D&D Raw are keenly aware of the importance of entertainment media to help all of us get through. It is in this spirit that we're expanding the Nebersol network to include sending spells through electronic mail. Would you like to write a letter to Leuven? Well, now you can. Please address your letter to dm at dndraw.com, and Tony will make sure your message gets where it needs to go. Thank you. We need to hide. Okay. Doors. Judgment call. Left or right? I could go to the one on the left if you want. It is, it is closer. Okay. Everybody left door. I'm going to open this door, and hopefully they will think that we have gone this way. We need to get out of here now. Run or stealth? I think we should stealth. Yeah, stealth rather than run. Okay. Stealth checks. This is advantage because you all have your boots of elven kind. 22. 11. 23. 24. Natural 20, so 22. You guys overall very quietly start to navigate through the bookshelves. I need also perception checks from everyone to try and avoid accidentally running into something coming towards you. 10. 16. 11. 14. 16. 
you guys are moving very quietly, but as you guys continue along, Scriv and Akiva, you guys like quickly will tap whoever's at the front to redirect them as you notice footsteps coming, getting close to line of sight on you, and you divert the, the party to continue to move along the hallways. You are able to avoid being spotted as you notice about four Deathlock Whites and three other Deathlocks occasionally moving past you. Uh, there are others that seem to be in the room, but they didn't go past you while you were moving. We made our way to the closed door. You made your way halfway through the hallway. You got to this close, dark wooden door with the iron bands. As you are coming up to that middle door, Belinda, you feel a tug on your belt, and the life's blade is pointing towards the side door that you are by. It seems to be pulling towards it. Sorry, um... The life blade dagger is pulling towards this door. I think we need to see what's on the other side. It's never done that before. I'm not going to argue with the artifact. It's a little spooky. How do you put up with this, Akiva? I don't like it at all. Yeah, welcome. I don't think we have time to check the door. I think we just open it. It's locked. I would like to help Nissa, our infiltration expert. I'll use the gloves. Nissa, what did you get? 33. So Nissa goes up, checks the door. Nissa... This is the most complex lock you have ever seen. You notice it seems like there is some sort of arcane rune enhancing the lock. So you notice the the arcane rune and Scrib goes, no, no, you have to turn it at the same time as Scrib's just pointing out a couple of features. And then you redirect and in one swift motion, turn the lock. Wow, that looked really easy. Very nicely done. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, just thieves can't close one. (laughs) Yeah. You walk in. The room is 40 by 40 feet. You are at the far end as you initially walk in. On the opposite side, you notice first four pedestals, two placed on the left of a large hanging mirror, two placed on the right. Each item seems to be in some sort of glass case. From this distance, you can see that there is a floating black stone in one on the right, a slightly glowing handle of some sort just beside that. In the center between all of these is a large mirror. To the left of that, you see what kind of looks like some boots. And to the left of that, instead of being on a pedestal, is a floating glass orb that seems to contain some sort of mist or fog in it. There is currently no one in the room. We close the door behind us. Does the life's blade give me any further information now that we're in the room? It seems to be just pointing towards the other end. Like, it's like trying to pull towards the other end of the room. I will follow where it's pointing. As you take a couple of steps in, out of the corner of your eye, Belinda, you think you see movement in the mirror. Did you guys see something in the mirror? No, I can't see anything in that mirror. <laughs> I'm assuming you're still a ways. Are you guys still moving closer? Or? Yeah. yeah, I would like to move closer. Um, I don't want to be presumptuous, Belinda, but would you like me to... Uh walk up there first in case something jumps out and tries to kill everybody? No, I I think I need to walk up myself. All right. For some reason. So you guys take a few steps in. As you get 10 feet into the room, I need everyone to make a charisma saving throw. 12. 26. 16. 25. 16. As you guys are walking up, there is a brief moment that all of you feel a pull. You stare in the mirror, you see yourselves. There's a shift in the mirror. Scriv is gone. Okay, I don't like that. Can I look in the mirror? Is he in the mirror? You see a Scriv, his eyes closed, looks like he is motionless, and then he's not there anymore, and you see yourself. 
Do I have any sense of what has happened? Make an arcana check. 24. 16. 11. Akiva, you kind of think you've heard about this? You recall it being like, I think, a mirror of life trapping? Belinda, yeah, this is a mirror of life trapping. It can be destroyed, but it basically contains 12 extra dimensional cells within it. And if you are unaware of its effects, you can be sucked into it if you view it directly, because essentially it creates prison cells. Well, the good news is we're all safe now, once I tell everybody. A creature trapped within a cell can escape using planar travel, but otherwise they are stuck there unless freed. The mirror can hold up to 12 creatures. If shattered, all creatures within the mirror get freed. A creature named can appear on the mirror's surface, and you and the creature then can communicate normally. However, while in the mirror, the creature doesn't age, doesn't need to eat, drink, or sleep. They are essentially in a comatose state. All right. I will say Shannon Whitecliffe. Scriv, you appear on the mirror's surface. You're realizing you're staring at the party and there's a glass barrier between you and them. Good news and bad news. You seem to be fine. Bad news, you are trapped in that mirror. Right us what happens when we shatter it. Every creature that's been trapped in it is released. Well, that seems to be our best option right now. I would like to make the point he might not be the only one in there. Scriff, would you be averse to us uh, checking out the room and then check it back in on you in a few minutes? I don't think I really noticed. I looked at the mirror and then I was talking to you. So it seems like whatever's going on, time just stops mattering. Well, I do hear this is an amazing, uh, you know, anti-aging process, you know, shouldn't get any older. I'll stay here and talk with you, buddy. Thank you. You do see the four other items in the room. Each seems to have like a small notation beneath it, not of what it is, but it seems like it describes it a little bit in some way. Under the floating black stone, the one thing you first notice about it is that the glass around it seems to be like vibrating slightly. And beneath it, it says, the essence of Shadarai's realm, maybe a way to take his power. The life's blade, which is pointing almost directly at this glowing handle. The note beneath it says, seems to restrain the negative stone and vice versa. Memory fog may contain information. Was this made by Adar? To the boots. Valen will notice this very quickly. They have a symbol of Eshenai on them. I'm sorry, what? Beneath it, it says, must learn to remove this harmful effect. I hug the glass. The boots look nice, a little worn, but well made. The floating sphere has a small opening you notice at the bottom, almost like you could stick your head in it. And kind of attached to the, the glass, a note that says, why don't I remember this? Which you guys are now realizing this is a memory fog, which means it contains a memory of someone who is now a demon. Oh, no. But this was only when they were a mortal that has now lost all their memories. You do know there is a chance you begin to believe that you are this person. I'll say, Akiva, I think that's what we're here for. Point to get the handle. So did you read that card right? It said Adar? Yes. Is it in the Beast Rose situation? Can I like lift up the glass? It is locked. If we can get these cases unlocked, I think we should take these things and put them in the bag of holding. Okay. Any other suggestions? Check to make sure there's no alarms on them. I mean, the last thing you need is everything else showing up here. 
Investigation checks if you're checking for traps. 22. 23. There are no traps on them, so it seems clear of that. However, you're looking from one to the next. The memory fog, you know the dangers of the memory fog. As you kind of are close to it, you you hear like whispers, but it seems too faint to be able to make anything out. You would literally have to put your head in the memory fog to be able to hear the memory. The boots themselves, you don't notice anything particular about the boots. They seem to be well-worn. They have the symbol of Eshenai on them. The handle, as you get closer, you notice it has the similar spiral of gold around it. It is white, and you do catch celestial written on it. It says, Law's Grasp. It's about three-foot handle that is broken on both ends, similar to your life's blade, which has broken on one end. Does my life's blade just want a friend? It seems to be literally pointing right to it like it's trying to get to it. Now, the stone, this floating stone, the one thing you notice about it is as you're kind of looking at it, it seems like the case that it's in is a little bit smaller than the others, but you notice it's the case itself is vibrating. It's the only one that is. It seems like the case is being pulled towards it, like it's literally sucking the case in. So this might be causing or stopping it from... Sucking in other things around Yeah, it. I will point that out to the group and say, that is very interesting, but I think we will leave that one alone. I think I need to open the case with this sword, but I seem to lack a certain ability to do anything with this lock. <laughs> I'm looking at it. Would you like some help? I'll give them unlocking the locks a go. Maybe start with uh, the boots. Sure. Roll a thieves tools check. 27. For a moment. Click. It's unlocked. I'll pull the boots out. Give the, would you like to give them to, to Valen? I'll, I'll hand them to Valen and then move on to the next one to unlock them. So you have these boots that have the symbol of Eshenai on them. I'll go after Law's Grasp then. Yeah, I'll say a quick prayer to Adar. I hope this is what we're supposed to do. Please help Nissa with her unlocking if possible. Thank you. Uh, Valen, are you doing anything with the boots in particular or are you just holding them for now? I'll try to put them on. They adjust to your foot size. So they are magic. That's nice. They are magical. You will have to attune to them to learn their full effects. Nissa, you have picked some really good locks. You're able to undo the lock of Law's Grasp. As soon as Nissa opens it, it seems to start to slowly move towards you. I will go ahead and reach out and take it then. I have the life blade in one hand and the staff in the other. Can I put them together? So there is a brief flash of light, and they are now one item. And does anything else happen? I just suddenly have like... You are automatically attuned to this item. Because you are already attuned to Life's Blade. Okay. Does anyone actually know how to use a spear? I just haven't used one in a long time. I would like to help you learn how to use that spear. Okay. Well, it does seem to have uh, healing properties. Do I get any sort of sense from Adar now that I have combined these? You get the sense that you need to go to a different room. Not the library, but a different room. I will... uh... Just share. I'm sorry. Apparently, uh, this has healing powers, which is great. And it also is telling me that I need to go to another room. So there might be something else here. But for now, we still have these other things to deal with. Thoughts on the creepy stone? Can I try and reach out to Umbra and uh, say, does Shadarai make any ring any bells? Roll a charisma check for me. 22. The black stone starts to pulse and the glass cracks slightly and just goes Akiva. you all hear it come from the stone 
You are near my realm. You all hear Umbra's voice. Out loud or in our heads? Out loud. Akiva, how are you near my realm? There's a stone here? (laughs) (laughs) I think it's called the negative stone? Leave it. It will bring you to me, but you cannot survive here. Okay. Mortals will die in my realm. Get the blade. Give me my memories and kill my former servant. Yes, I remember my name. I am Shadarai Zamyar. Awesome. Actually awesome. I'm glad you have your name back. Yes, Belinda. And Scriv, you know the name Zamyar. The Zamyar dynasty. The ancient ruler of the civilization that built the temple below Silverkeep. Oh, it's all coming together. Doesn't mean it's this same Zamyar. No. But he might know a bit about it. Which is why he was fascinated when he found the amulet. Maybe. I'm glad we were able to get your name back. Get the sword. We're currently working on it. So while all this is incredibly fascinating, and I'm sure we'll be dissecting it for a long time to come, that glass seems to be cracking, and if we're going to get Scriv out of here, we either need to get the mirror, or break the mirror and get out of here, and um, let the gaping void that sucks people into the death realm deal with whatever else is in there with him. I think that might be a good plan. I think, honestly, we need Scriv to get through the rest of this, so I think we just break the mirror and get him out, and then we deal with anything else in the mirror. Jay, I know you mentioned, like, Nissa is tempted by the memory park. Do you actually want to, like, check it out? Do you want Nissa to do it? Sure, why not? So, Nissa, make a wisdom saving throw with advantage. 18? You do not go insane. You don't see anything. It's only auditory for Nissa. As all of a sudden, Nissa pops her head into the memory fog. The realms are filled with a multitude of differing energies. They're truly fascinating. Another voice comes in. The plains you said were less populated seem interesting, though. Why Why exist if no one lives there? There's got to be a reason the gods created them. The first voice again says, My siblings have found more interest in those plains than I. I have interest in your realm, this um material plane. Please, tell me what you can of it. Second voice goes, A lot of giants and dragons rule it. I mean, most of us humanoids kind of serve them. There's a few who hide in the woods and in the mountains. The first voice returns. Perhaps I can help with that. I'll happily introduce you to my siblings if you wish, but I think I can be more helpful here. Make humanoids more of an authority on this plane than the dragons and the giants. Nissa, as you kind of like step out of the memory fog. Are you all right, Nissa? A slight headache. Did you get the secrets of the universe or someone's lunch order? Or I heard a very strange conversation about our plane. Something we need to deal with immediately or? No. I guess we could talk about it later if you want. Might need to process that. Okay. What do you think, Nissa? Is there any value to taking it with us? I don't feel like we're going to get much more from it. I don't know. Maybe it's best off here than no one else can maybe be affected by it in a worse way than a little bit of a headache. Okay, so how are we shattering this mirror? And does Scrib need to stand back? 
Um, it is has no resistances or immunities, you know. Would one of you with um, ranged capabilities just get ready to blow open the rest of the glass around the case? You know, just in case we want to kill everything in here, if a bunch of demons roll out. The glass around what? The, the sucking void that's trying to kill us all. Do we want that while we're still in here? No, no, no. We, we would leave, but someone who is ranged get ready to do it. Oh, okay, okay. If we have the idea of bolting out of the room right when we shatter the glass, do we want to make sure nobody's on the immediate other side of the door? Yeah, I think checking the door is a good idea. Okay. So you peek out. You don't hear anything. All's quiet. There's some scorch marks on the ground. The library has been purged. I don't like the way she said that. Scriv, I think your takeaway can be our time is now to look in the library. Smash this mirror and get me out of here. All right. Everybody ready? Out of the ditch into the duck pond. Let's go. All right. If if everyone's in position. So you shatter it, but Scriv's not the only one that's now in the room. You see about four tiny demonic figures with curved horns and kind of impish ears. They're quasits. Oh, cute. They are literally tiny. They're smaller than Nissa. But you see their claws go like ready to like attack. They're not the only ones that come out, though. You see a large, ghoulish figure. Like, its fingers aren't really just fingers. They're just long, sharpened points and a, like, super thin form. Bright, glowing yellow eyes. And it doesn't really have lips. It just has fangs and long, pointed ears over a seemingly undead form. This is a Maretzi. Ah. Ah. Running out of the room. If everybody else bails out of the room, I'm just going to launch an Eldritch Blast at the glass holding the negative stone. So you're going to get to the edge of the room and hold an Eldritch Blast for everyone to get out. Once everybody's out of the room. I will be ready to help close the door. I'm assuming everyone else gets out of the room. So Akiva, two attack rolls with Eldritch Blast. 19 and then 16. What is the damage? Six points of damage and then 15 points of damage. It cracks. And the glass shatters. Close the door. <laughs> so as soon as Akiva fires, since it's, Akiva can actually be on the other side of the door with it open and fire, which is a good thing because the door shuts itself from the sheer force of everything being pulled in. And all you hear for a brief second is just... <laughs> <laughs> so does it get quiet? Yeah. I think we call that a win. And that is where we're going to leave this episode for today. Thank you all for listening. Please share this with your friends and follow us on Twitter at Rules as Written or check out our website, dndraw.com. And feel free to email any questions to our DM at dm at dndraw.com. Also subscribe and leave us a review or comment anywhere podcasts are found. If you want to support us, please check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash dndraw. Thank you for joining us on our adventures. (laughs) 